Hey, Josh Felber here with Making Bank. As an entrepreneur, as a, a type A, whoever you, you're out there hustling, you're working hard, you're grinding, working on your business. One of the biggest things that we lose sight of is our time. And today's guest is going to teach you how to buy back your time. I've known Dan for, I don't know, seven, eight years and have been able to utilize a lot of what Dan teaches. This is going to help you. Just got to follow the process, follow what he teaches. In today's episode, he's going to teach a lot of that for you in a short amount of time. So guys, make sure you check out today's episode if you are ready to buy back your time with Dan Martell. And if you guys are loving, enjoying listening to Making Bank and helping you improve your life, your business, make sure you like and share this episode as well as leave a comment down below what was the best insights for you or if you have a question you weren't that was not clear in the episode and we're happy to get that answered for you and again thank you for what taking your time to listen and to watch making bank and such an honor to have you you are, you are listening to making bank where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top one percent so you can amplify your life and your business, business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited with a good friend of mine, third time on Making Bank, Dan Martell is an entrepreneur, angel investor, and became a highly sought after coach in the SaaS industry after exiting three tech companies within a 10-year period. The cool thing, he's also an athlete, an Ironman, a philanthropist, husband, father of two incredible boys, and just lives an amazing life that he's created for himself. So I'm super excited to welcome Dan Martell to Making Bank. Josh, thanks for having me, man. I, obviously, I'm a big fan of the show. <laughs> I appreciate the third invite back, and I want to make a commitment to you that my intention is that this is the best conversation, and you've had, I mean, what, since 2014? I know it's a big, big like order, but I want to make a commitment. This will be one of the best shows you ever do. So there we go. Awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna it's going to be hard. Shot. It's going to be hard well, to you... top them because every time we rock out, I and know. create fire for people. So um, let's see. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, um, obviously you got a new book that came out, but I'm, it's just leading my mind to a lot of different stuff that I was listening to in it and uh, just our conversations and seeing what you're doing and everything. And I, I think one of the biggest things is entrepreneurs so many times we get so jammed up and we're so busy focused on running the company that we don't have a lot of time for other things. And I know for myself, I've been able to create more time for myself over the years. I know you do that really, really, really well. I'd love to kind of dive into a little bit. I mean, we were talking offline a little bit ago and you're heading up into the mountains shortly and you're going to go hang out there for a few days, snow, snowboarding and shooting off fireworks and having an amazing time disconnected. <laughs> yeah, and, man. You know, uh, I get, you know, let's let our, teach our audience how they can do that same thing. Yeah, well, I mean, so I'll give people context for my life today <laughs> and I will start by saying don't think like people are like, oh yeah, it must be nice. Or, you know, uh, I didn't start here. Okay. So I just want people to understand that, but I'm the CEO of two, eight figure company, SAS Academy, which is the largest software CEO coaching company in the world. We have over a thousand active CEOs that we coach in our programs. I run high speed ventures, 
which is my investment portfolio of 50 plus companies that I've written checks into first money in and, you know, buy companies, uh, incubate ideas, uh, in the tech space. That's, that's kind of what I'm known for. And then I wrote this crazy book called buy back your time because I honestly didn't have the time anymore to keep answering the same questions that people would ask me that from, <laughs> I mean, it's just like literally, cause Josh, we, we, you even said, we talked about some of these concepts three, four years ago, right? you know, that are in the book. Cause it's always been part of my life. People see this and they go, well, how do you, how have you done this where you keep building your empire, but you seem to have more time? Like, and it's not like I'm, uh, I'm not retired. Like I'm, I'm incredibly <laughs> active and do the Ironman stuff and ultras and, and, you know, crazy endurance stuff. Here's the thing is I wanted to teach, I wrote down 25 people's names, folks I love. And when I started writing the book two and a half years ago, I decided I'm going to answer the questions that I know that they would ask me if they felt comfortable to ask or even aware, mm. right? Because I wanted to teach them, all these people ran into the same thing. They started to build a business that they grew to hate. It doesn't matter if it was my best friend in a sign business or my brother in a home business or my wife in her PR agency or my other friend that owns a bike shop. Like it literally, it does like I wrote the book not for software. People are like, oh, is this a SaaS book? I'm like, <laughs> no, this is a business principle book. And it's based off this thing called the buyback principle, which states we do not hire to grow our business. We only hire to buy back our time as a CEO. And the reason why is that if you don't, you will get to a place, and maybe people have felt this, where you hit the pain line. And when you hit that pain line, what I've discovered coaching thousands of entrepreneurs over the years, uh, investment portfolio CEOs to advisory roles I've done and, and my cu current coaching clients is that entrepreneurs will not grow into pain. They just won't. Right. They, they yeah. literally will be like, if I came to you, Josh, with an opportunity that would triple your business tomorrow, but you knew your calendar would absolutely explode, most people wouldn't do it because they're like, well, I don't want my wife to leave me. I don't want my kids to hate me. I don't want my business partners to be upset. Like, So what's happened is we build the business in a way that doesn't have a, a the ability to create capacity quickly. So that's why I teach the buyback principle, and it's based on this thing called the buyback loop. But the core premise of it is like the three big things is one, understand what your time is worth. And I give you the, the formula, it's called the buyback rate. Once you understand that, then you need to understand who to hire in what order, because I believe that sequencing equals success. And once you do that, then the other problem that people have is what do I do with my newfound time that increases my business and the quality of my life at home and my relationships? And that's what I teach and cover in the book that is very unique and different from anything anybody's ever written about. Because if it existed, I would just keep referring books, right. but it didn't. Yeah, because we read books all the time, so it's just oh, like- Oh, <laughs> dude, 1,500 books. If it existed, it's, it's literally, you'd have to read, probably I could give you the list of the 60 books to put all the stuff. I, I, I distilled it down, minimal effective dose, very story-based. The, the Time Assassins, which is chapter three, came from looking at these 25 people in my life and going, oh, this group of six do this that's stealing their time. This group of four does. The, and that's where even that concept came from was just stepping back and going like, oh, there's a there's a pattern here. Because I mean, it's sometimes tough for me because I'm I'm operating at a fairly high level to remember 15 years ago and what was I thinking, doing and going through 
that forced me, because honestly, it was a forcing function to become more. Because at the end of the day, life doesn't get easier. You get better. And you're right. not going to go through challenges. You should grow through them. And, you know, that's that's been the journey of my life is just one major setback after another, but it created resilience, you know, no pressure, no diamonds. Yeah. And I think that's important. I mean, one of the things that you mentioned too, is the time assassins and like, maybe let's break some of those down for people. Cause I mean, everybody that's watching this, they're entrepreneurs, they're business coaches in real estate, wherever that might be. And they probably have something on that time assassin list. That's sucking it up their bandwidth. Totally. I mean, my favorite one is the, um, the self-medicator, right? I always say, cause I have a lot of friends, you know, when I hang out with them, they're, they're always like over drinking, over celebrating their, you know, things go good. They decide to party, things go bad. Right. They have a couple drinks. Right. So, so that's, and, and these are things that cost nothing other than self-awareness that say, Hey, maybe these aren't serving my entrepreneurial endeavors. And look, if you're happy with where you're at in business, fine. This is for people that want more, right? The other one is the saver. I've literally seen people walk over dollars to pick up dimes, like back to back. I, I tell this crazy story in my book where a friend of mine calls me for advice. He has a, he has a program. He's struggling with it. It's about, it's generating 2 million in revenue and he's considering shutting it down. He hit his pain line and he goes, you know, you've scaled this thing to eight figures and beyond. You've got all these clients. How did you do it? And I said, well, that specific problem, it was around his, the, the way he was creating his trainings. I said, I hired this guy, Simon, to help me with it. And he's like, do you know what it costs? And I said, I don't remember. I don't know if I got a bro deal, but you know, I'll connect you guys. <laughs> and then he goes, does he have a book? I said, I don't think he has a book. He's like the Mozart of what he does and all the top guys use him. He really doesn't need a book. And he goes, oh, well, is it like, is it like five grand or 50? I'm like, I, I don't know, but you're telling me you're about to shut down a $2 million business that's highly profitable for maybe $15,000, $20,000 to solve your problem. And you know that I have the answer and I'm telling you he gave me the answer, right? It's a who, not how. Bro. So right. like, that's the saver, right? There's a supervisor, which is the person that micromanages. There's a speed demon, which is the opposite where they don't manage at all. And then they wonder why they, they have fire after fire after fire. And then there's the staller who is kind of the opposite where they just, you know, they don't make a decision, but they don't realize by not making a decision, they made a decision to stall their growth, to hesitate forward, to act out of fear, to move their business forward. So I, I wanted to, you know, without spending a dime, help people buy back their time by first working on their psychology. And then once they get some of that stuff cleaned up, now we get to have some fun. Yeah. And it's interesting. You just mentioned, I was on a phone call yesterday with a buddy of mine that I know, and we haven't talked in a little while, but his wife's owned a company for I don't know, seven, eight years now. And we were talking and, you know, he's like, well, we've been stuck at like a quarter of a million dollars a year and it's only her. And so and they were trying to decide if they should spend money on digital marketing and do all this kind of stuff, but then they don't want to part with the money. And it's just kind of what you were just saying. And, oh man, it's going to be too expensive. And, you know, so I helped them similar to what, you know, you break it up, break it all down. And I go, I mean, this was what I would do. And this is how we did it with our company and stuff like that, you know, and there, but they were still hesitant. So obviously you can show people the path, but they may or may not, you know, 
take that leap. Dude, that that is why, Josh, I think you'd appreciate this. I wrote the book because, okay, so I wrote those 25 people's names down and I never expected, nor do I expect them to read the book. And I did change, I used, I literally used their life circumstances in the book. I just changed their first name. Okay. The same initial, right? So I, so I could remember who it was that I wrote about. (laughs) And even if they never read it, what I find awesome is other people will benefit from their challenges. Mm. You know, that's kind of fun for me. It's like, I use my interactions with the world, a lot of them personal, just crazy, stupid things that I do. And then it becomes content. So it's kind of funny because I told my wife this the other day, I literally ran upstairs in a rush. I had my shaker, you know, my protein yep. shake. I forgot to click the top. <laughs> it's, it's AG1 and protein. So it's green. My master bath is all white porcelain, oh. white towels, white. And I do the most aggressive shaking situation and it just and she's at her sink and she just looks over and there's green goo and spots all over everything again i'm in a rush right i have to be on a call in 12 minutes and i gotta shower get ready and run and uh at the end of that fiasco i told her i said the cool part about my world is that with enough time that becomes content now i actually gave her my phone to take a picture (laughs) Um, so I got to give it some space cause I don't think she's ready for me to publish that on the internet, but you guys, you know, but I just think that's the cool part is that like all the people that I coach, all the people that are, that I love dearly, my, my best friends, they, they inspire my social media content. And I think, you know, I just believe in, you know, spirit and the universe. And I think they'll be called maybe one day to buy that book Dan wrote and go, Oh, that. That's me. Oh, you know, cause you can't, you can't have these conversations in person. Sometimes people's egos just are on high alert, right? right. You almost, you almost got to like inception it, right? Where you got to plant a seed and like water the seed from a sideways stance for them to make it. It almost becomes their idea. We're right. like, I had this idea. It's like, yeah, that sounds great. You're like, I told you that 17 times, but you know, now it's your idea. You know, people that help build the plan, don't fight the plan. I don't care where the plan comes. I honestly just want people to build their empire, right? In my world, an empire, it's why the subtitle is called Get Unstuck, Reclaim Your Freedom and Build Your Empire, is to create a life of unlimited creation that you never have to retire from. I want that for everybody. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's important because that way provides, gives them a life back instead of hating their business, like you said, or you know whatever that might be. Earlier, you mentioned figuring out what your time is worth. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, let's just say somebody's paying themselves $500 an hour because they're like, okay, that's what my time's worth. 500 bucks an hour. Like, is that the best way to do it? No, that that's not the, and I get it, but a few things. So like I pay myself 500 an hour. So, I mean, what would that work out to five? I want to say that's like a million a year. Yeah. It's probably a million a year. Yeah, most people are not netting themselves. Like, Josh, I love your listeners, but I just know the data because I talk to a lot of finance people. It's rarefied air, even though in our circle of friends, that's kind of on the bottom end of things. Right. Um, but let's just take that number and you know drop a, a couple zeros and you're making 100 grand a year, okay? Sure. Here's how the buyback rate math works. You take your income, 
Okay, I'm asking people right now to do math and I'm gonna lose half the audience. <laughs> Bear with me, okay? You can do this. Take your income, which is what you pay yourself on salary, what you take as distribution or your profit per year, and the discretionary expenses you probably run through your business that are not needed for operating your business. That's fine, but just understand that that's part of the equation. So once I know what amount of income I get from my business, essentially the, the what it produces per year, then I divide that by 2,000. Why 2,000? Because that's the average amount of hours a normal person works, okay? It's not perfect science. I'm not sure. trying to get perfect science. I'm trying to get directionally accurate for people to understand right. how to make time trades because that's the whole concept of the book, how to be a better time trader. Then the second thing is, is you got that number. So if it's 100,000 per year, then it works out to about $50 an hour, okay? So you know that your hour of production is worth $50 an hour in income. Then you divide that by four. The reason it's four is because I want you to get a four times ROI on your time. So you don't trade one for one. Sure. I don't pay somebody $50 to save an hour. I can only trade $12.50 for my hour. Mm. Okay. And because of that, if you understand what your buyback rate is, and then you just do a quick glance at your week and what you've done in your time, Anything that you've worked on that you could have paid anybody else out tasking, part-time, whatever, $12.50 or less. And we live in a world where we live in a distributed economy. You can pay people $3 in the Philippines to do a ton of stuff. If you do anything that you could have paid somebody else that buyback rate or less, you're literally working against yourself. This is a this is a first principles approach. This is not uh, pie in the sky. This is backed by math because you can't build a $10 million company off $10 tasks. There's not enough hours in the day. Right. So you already are probably hiring people. My argument in the book I make is you're probably hiring the wrong people at the wrong step and time in your business because you're just hiring to add people to do stuff. Sure. And you should be hiring to buy back time out of your calendar because the CEO deciding they don't want to do the business anymore is the highest risk to the business. It's right. not the market. It's not the economy. It's not your suppliers. It's not the bank. It's not your business partner. It's you deciding, I don't want to do this life anymore. I think that's super important. When, what you just mentioned as well is they're hiring people to buy back the pieces of their time that they're already spending on those tasks or those jobs or whatever that might be instead of just like, oh, hey, I need a social media person over here, even though you may be only be doing one post a day or whatever that might be. Yeah, part-time. That's you what I'm hire saying. hire somebody on a contractor. You don't need full-time. And now in the book, I talk about if you want to have a full-time person, then I recommend that they double up and give them multiple hats. Because when I started business, I wore 25 hats, right. right? I was the bookkeeper, the copywriter, the social media publisher, the the doer, the salesperson, the follow-upper, the customer onboarder, the, you know, everything, right? The ops person. So, you know, for example, recently, this has just happened about a month ago, my creative director had a social media marketing person working on his team. They were underperforming. And instead of backfilling it with somebody new, I shared with them the concept. I said, you have this other person who's a videographer that's 30 hours a week. Why don't you give the videographer the extra 10 hours and ask them to write the copy for the content? Since they're watching the content every day, they, they literally watch everything we do times two. They probably are going to write better content. Dude, it's been a game changer. Wow. So instead of having two people, right? And in sure. business, anytime you add an extra person, it's not 
5% harder. It's exponential to the power of the total seat size of the team. Okay. So I'm not getting into that, but it's not, it's, it is that difficult. People think it's easy. I'll just add another person. No, that person has a heck of a lot of complexity. Instead of having two people on his team, now he has one and you have a person that's more streamlined and literally the outcome of that work is being done better. So yeah, if you can't, if you really, really, really want a full-time person, give them a few other things to do. Like your social media person can also do accounts receivable. Sounds crazy, but it's not. Like stop being fancy, train somebody, ask them to do the work, hire them with the expectation that they're gonna do the work. They're gonna learn a lot doing it. And then once they get busy, you almost use the buyback principle for them. Right. My assistant has, a that system. was my next question. <laughs> totally. Can you use that totally. for the employee then to hire another one to help? Only if it's a bottleneck to you to grow. Gotcha. That's the caveat. Okay. Yes. That's why in the book, I talk about the replacement ladder. It's sequenced in that order because it's the natural bottleneck that will happen to a CEO at each stage of growth. So that's why I gave you the very specific sequencing of hiring. Sure. Not, not because that person's at capacity that you hire somebody, but because you can't push forward in your goals because they don't have the bandwidth to support you. That's when it applies. Mm, gotcha. Okay. And then, so you've mentioned a few times, kind of like a hiring order for the CEO as the business owner. What, I mean, what does that look like? I mean, are we hiring, you know, I guess, what does that order look like? Because <laughs> so, everybody just goes out and hires like a front desk person and this person over here and this person oh, over no, here. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, I wrote this book for business owners of all sizes. It's cool because it can work if you're the CEO of a Fortune 50 company, because sometimes I coach those people. And it will also work if you're, you know, a solopreneur, you know, with a lawn mowing truck, right? Which is fun. Now it's right here. It's page 96. Okay. So page 96 talks about the replacement ladder. What I'll give you the order, but people go get the book if you want the outcomes. Cause this is the, the order is interesting, but where people hundred percent mess it up is what do they actually ask that person to do? Okay. Um, and that's like, even the first okay. one at admin. Okay. Level one admin. If you think when I say admin, it's a virtual assistant that you just CC on an email to have a person schedule a call with you. You're missing a huge opportunity, like huge as in like 98% of the value you could be getting if you restructure it the way I teach it in here. And I even give the folder structure. I mean, this is how much like I wrote it for, look at this. I give you the full folder email processing system that I use every day. You've been on the receiving end of it, Josh. You, you see how the oh, yeah. machine works. <laughs> um, so that's level one is admin. Level two is delivery, right? So it's fulfillment. It's anything that is involved post-sale. Somebody buys from you and then they need to be onboarded and supported. That's somebody else. Uh -huh. uh, third level is marketing, okay? Because most people don't have a repeatable, predictable way to generate leads. So that's the next level. Level four is sales. Once you have somebody generating leads, somebody else should start taking your calls only once your calendar is at capacity. Right? I had a friend of mine call me the other day and they're like, yeah, I got to hire a sales. I read your book, hiring a salesperson. I was like, cool. How many sales calls do you do a week? Four. You don't need a salesperson. <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, why isn't it 15 to 20? Well, I don't have enough leads. Yep. Go back to page 96, reread it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why don't you have the marketing figure out? I don't have enough time to create the system. All right. Level two, what's going on? Yeah, I'm still involved in the fulfillment too much. Okay. Do you have an assistant? <laughs> I do, 
but I don't use them the way you talk about in the book. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I don't know what you want me to do. I drew your effing picture. Can you please just follow the, like, because again, you know what was going to happen, Josh? Because I've seen this happen a thousand times. He would have hired a salesperson. The person wouldn't have had enough calls. They would have lasted three to four months and they would have quit. Right. Because who's going to sit around not having deal flow and they're yeah. getting paid a low base with a commission, but there's no money to be made. They will literally last three to four months and you will have to cycle through a salesperson, not because they're not capable, because you didn't follow the sequencing in the right order. That's why right. I put it that way. And then level five, you got to get the book. I'm going to leave that one out. It's powerful though. I no, got to open awesome. loops, man. Um, <laughs> I know. And now we're running out of time because we got so much amazing content already. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Maybe Dan's got a couple more minutes we can stretch a little. <laughs> I do. Let me check my calendar, but I'm, I'm here for you, man. I told you I want to I wanna make this the most important episode that your audience has ever listened to. So ask me the questions and I'm going to drop some fire. Cool. And guys, while he's checking his calendar, one of the great things was right before we were getting ready to start, he had something switch off his calendar and he needed to fill it right away because he had something else pending. And he just left a quick audio message to his assistant to make sure something got booked in there. And then boom, it already it got booked, dude. Like, it literally already got it booked filled right up. Here. <laughs> this is what people don't understand. I call it, I call it, you know, people talk about the inbox zero. How about zero inbox? Mm. I don't do email, I don't do inbox. I do voice. Why? Because my voice, most people don't realize your typing speed versus your talking speed. Your talking speed is a heck of a lot faster. And that's also what, I mean, what tech do you just use for that? I mean, did you Voxer? Did you just do it right through the iPhone, iMessage? Like, Yeah. So I use iMessage with my assistant. Okay. I use Voxer with my clients and I use Slack with my team, but it's all voice out. But here's the caveat written back for me because I'm not listening to a bunch of voice messages. Now, some people go, well, that's kind of not cool because you make them listen to it. Guess who's the CEO? <laughs> I'm just, and I say that not because I, I love and respect and appreciate my team on a level that most people will never understand. But I also know that when I am in flow and when I am working on creative energy giving green tasks is what I talk about it in the book. There's this thing called the time and energy audit. When I have my day back to back to back to back of just stuff that just gives me energy and I don't have to slow down to do something that takes energy, the business and my team is incredibly well taken care of on a level that again, most people have no idea. Like our team, unlimited vacation, paid in the top 5% of comp for the role, blah, 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 blah. Like so for me to ask them to just kind of interface with me in the, the quirky way that I sure. need, I think is a very small ask considering the upside. Definitely. Dan, one of the things I know that we talked about several years back and I started to work in users is the whole playbook. And maybe we can unpack that a little bit and just kind of give people a peek into it. And then I know you dive into it a ton in the book. Yeah, man, it's, it's uh, you know, in the uh, playbook chapter and where most people mess it up is they hear about SOPs, they read the books, E-Myth, Checklist Manifesto, they run off site for four days and they create this like massive, well-documented standard operating procedure. The challenge is it gets stale really quick. I've seen it go from like a complete to completely useless within three to four months. So my approach is different. I, I have these four C's of building a playbook. The first one is the camcorder method. And the philosophy is this, I, I, don't, I don't create playbooks, I document myself doing the work. And then when I finally buy back okay. my time, I hand the recordings to that person. So for example, when I hired my first salesperson, he spent a week 
just watching or listening to sales calls, right? 40 hours of sales calls. He created the outline and the script based on what I was naturally doing. He's a sales guy, so he could see what I was doing. Then he created the playbook and he showed it to me. And then I had feedback if he understood what I was trying to say. So all my, and then if he didn't work out, guess what? I got the training videos and I got the playbook, right? Talk about right. buy back my time. Because camcorder method requires zero extra time. I call it net time, no extra time to document your thing. You just record yourself and talk out loud. And now some people are like, oh, well, how does that work for creative projects? How does that work for, you know, all my slides for my keynotes? I don't create them. All of my workbooks, I don't create them. I literally do not create anything at this point because I have people, but I'll just give everybody a, a behind the scenes. So this is actually, most people don't know this on your iPad, you can pull down and record your audio and your screen, okay? So for example, my instructional designer sends me the workbook for our next transformational event. So we do event three times a year for SaaS founders that my designer designed. And then I take it and I just literally, I'll hit play on this. Uh, maybe you can hear me talking, but essentially it's um, me talking through just my notes. I opened it up on a PDF tool and okay. you see what I'm doing? And I'm just recording myself giving feedback on the edits. Now, each one of these feedback cycles for the workbook includes some net new, hey, change this, do this next time, make sure we add this person's name and attribution this or whatever. And they're responsible for pulling that out and putting it in the next into the playbook and then following it the next iteration. But I'm just mm, recording myself gotcha. doing the thing. And then eventually there'll be probably, I don't know, 15 of these. There probably already is. And for the most part, I could probably not even do this anymore. And it would be 99% awesome. Right? So there's always ways. So that's a camcorder method. That's the first C. The second one is the course, right? What are the steps involved in the process? So just having somebody outline the course. The third C is cadence, right? How often should these tasks be completed? So a lot of people don't think about that. It's like, what should your team member be doing daily, monthly, sure. daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, et cetera, right? Or is there a certain type of trigger that's gonna kick off the cadence? Put that task right. of stuff there, right? Offboarding a new client, onboarding a new client, that kind of stuff. And then the checklist. And the checklist for me is a high level list of items at the bottom of a playbook that just ask them three to five questions of, you know, for example, in our playbook, I'm assuming it's still there for sending a newsletter. Did you send a test email to yourself and click every link in the email to verify that it worked in uh -huh. an incognito browser, right? Mm, important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I got, I got inspired by watching all these people clean bathrooms at malls and they have a checklist and they have to sign their name to it. Right. So my, our rule yeah. in, in our company is a culture of if there's a playbook that exists for the thing you're doing, it's not a question. If you should have it open, it's a non-negotiable. Mm. Right. And we find out you're not doing it. First time the conversation, second time you can't stay on my team. I love you, but you're not going to, you're not going to be a star performer on my team. If you can't follow a simple uh, process of, Hey, there's a playbook. It was created for a reason. You have to follow it, have it open when you're doing the process. I don't care if it's a daily thing, like managing my inbox to scheduling an event or whatever it is. It's, there's a reason why a checklist exists. Most CEOs don't manage their team that way. Wow. Yeah. That's important. Cause I know we got SOPs for manufacturing stuff, shipping stuff and all that. Probably maybe a third of them ever use it. Exactly. Like, it oh, gets stale really quick. Something gets messed up. Or inconsistent. And you're like, right. Yeah. You have the inconsistencies 100%. So 
Um, I know we're out of time, guys. Hope you really listened to what Dan's talking about. We unpacked so much stuff in a short amount of time. We could be here for probably about two and a half hours, but Dan's got a crazy packed schedule today. You saw his calendar there. Make sure you go back, listen, watch this again. Take those notes. Guys, make sure you grab a copy of his book off Amazon. I've already been through the book twice, audio and the uh, printed version at the same time. It'll help you get in there and get, get in your head faster. Plus, you could take the notes at the same the time. The audio's got in the book. bonus chapters. So that was something I, I know. Did. I yes. heard that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's at buybackyourtime.com if you want the uh, the resources. So I give all the worksheets, the formulas, the math I made everybody do. It's all available for free if you get the book as a download. Awesome. Uh, Dan, thank you for coming Making Bank again today. Such an honor to have you third time around. So we, we, we got tons of amazing content. So thank you. Thanks, Josh. It's an honor, man. Appreciate it. It's good to see you. I am Josh Felbert. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.